Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to review the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl, which I'm being nice and calling it that, even though Reese's isn't paying me for an endorsement, but that is technically the name of the game. And the coach of the national team, Ron Middleton, got a bath in Reese's peanut butter cups as a result of the victory. So to recap everything that went down during the game, in addition to our coverage of all the practices earlier in the week, we bring in our friend who is the Thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. Huge day. Reese's Senior Bowl, the Pro Bowl. Everyone cares about the Pro Bowl. So huge day for the uh, for the NFL. But in all seriousness, Great to see some prospects in a game situation. They're all going, you know, hammer and tongs, really trying to put out max effort, put some good tape, impress some of the coaches that are down there in Mobile. So it was good to see that final product. And altogether, it was a great week down in Mobile. Luke, before we get into the players, I think we have to discuss the real star of the Senior Bowl game. And that, of course, is Jets tight end coach Ron Middleton, who was the head coach of the national team. If you didn't see the speech that he gave the team before the game, I'm going to play it right now. It was unbelievable. If it moves, hit it. If it don't move, hit it. And if you're not sure, guess what? Hit it. Let's come out of this the most physical team on that field today, regardless. Let's win the hitting battle. You got me? Yes, sir. 
If that doesn't make you want to run through a wall, I don't know what will. I'm not sure if he'll ever be a head coach in the NFL, but I'm rooting for it, and I am now president of the Ron Middleton Fan Club, Luke. It was just awesome. You love hearing coaches speak who just get the most out of the players. You could hear the guys in the background just kind of chomping at the bit, ready to go. When he said, you know, if you aren't sure, hit it. I just, I loved it. It's a great mentality. Uh, some people would say it reminds us of uh, former Jets defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, but an awesome speech. It's awesome to see him now two for two as a head coach, obviously filling in for Salah last year and then in the senior bowl. Really good guy. I'm just praying we give him some talent for his room as we get into 2022. Should also say that I really did like what Ron Middleton did in that one game where the Jets beat the Jaguars because Salah was out with COVID and Middleton had to coach in his place. And I thought Middleton did a really good job, very aggressive, taking some chances. It's what you like to see. And especially with a team that didn't really have anything to gain one way or the other. You just wanted to see them play well and go for the juggler. And they did. They got the win in that game. And I thought that Middleton did a fantastic job. So I'm glad that he's a part of the staff. And I was happy to watch him as the head coach in this game on Saturday. And I want to go through some of the winners and losers here, particularly some of the tight ends. Because, Luke, we know that Ron Middleton is the tight ends coach. And we know that the Jets need some help at tight end. And they had quite a few good ones on the national team. Let's start with the top two guys that really made a dent. Of course, there's Trey McBride out of Colorado State. We've talked about him a ton. You did a video on him on our YouTube channel, which if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend checking it out. We also have a full podcast up on him. So if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and listen to that too. But also Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin, had himself a really nice day. Led all receivers with 63 yards receiving and a touchdown. So some real prospects for the Jets in this game at tight end. Yeah, and the best thing for me, Scott, is that Jake Ferguson, speaking on him first, is kind of that traditional wide tight end. And while the NFL has been moving more towards these move tight ends and David Njoku and Mike Jacecki and those kind of guys. I, I reference them because they're free agents too. Jake Ferguson's a bit of a throwback. He may not be the most athletic guy, but he's 6'5". He's 250. He can do a job for you blocking in line, and then he can go and make three or four catches for 70 yards like we saw. He had a touchdown today, and he did nothing but improve his stock. It was a strong tight end class, and I think throughout the week, he was one of the best performers. And he may not have quite matched the guy who is now the John Mackey Award winner as of today, Trey McBride, but it was great to see Ferguson just add himself as another option for the Jets because, you know, you can't bank on Trey McBride being there on 35. There could be a, a team who needs a, a, a tight end late in that first round who gets him or moves up and gets him. So having options in the second and third round is going to be big. Uh, and I thought he did himself uh, nothing but but favors, and it was great to see. Uh, I know he had some good tape against Illinois and a few other games this year, so good to see from Ferguson. And then shifting to McBride, I just kind of laughed, Scott, when you saw the play that he scored the touchdown of. They snuck him out the backside and then had a high-low concept uh, with a crossing route coming from the far side as well, kind of that triangle read. Uh, we saw that a ton with Zach Wilson's film at BYU and reading those kind of concepts. We saw it a lot in New York, even though the tight end room wasn't very good. And someone kind of messaged me and said, well, what did Trey McBride do on that play that was spectacular? Nothing. Trey McBride can do far greater things than that athletically and as a blocker. But it's just an example of him being a good route runner, getting open, turning up field, making the catches and making no mistakes. You want to see these players excel on the plays they should and then do a great job going above and beyond that on plays that a guy like a Tyler Croft can't. So another day for Trey McBride just solidifying his draft stock. 
Also, yes, they love that down block that we saw uh, in OT uh, and uh, defensive line drills. So a huge week for him. I thought the tight end position, they really excelled throughout the entire week. On the flip side, unfortunately for Charlie Kolar, the tight end out of Iowa State, who I really like, all his weaknesses showed up in this game, had trouble running routes, and then there was a two-play stretch where he dropped what would have been an easy first down pass, and then on the next play gave up a sack to Boye Mafe, who we're going to talk about in a bit, the edge rusher out of Minnesota. I still think that Kolar has potential, maybe as a second tight end, or even as somebody that you could draft in the fourth or fifth round and maybe develop into something. But this game did him no favors. On one hand, you're obviously upset for the individual, um, a guy who plays with Matt Campbell, a guy who the Jets fans fell in love with in the coaching search and had a really nice season and slowly had been building his draft stock. A lot of those guys who the Jets fans have clung on to in the draft process had incredible weeks. And look, you're happy for the individuals, a guy like Jermaine Johnson and McBride we just mentioned, but it makes your likelihood of picking them a lot less. So maybe it's a good thing for us that Charlie Cole didn't have his best week. Um, he definitely made some mistakes. I, I referenced it when talking about McBride that you want to see your tight ends make the plays that need to be made and then go above and beyond past that. He didn't do that today. In saying that, it's a small sample size. He's put out a ton of tape at Iowa State. Uh, so he has an opportunity to still go in that third and fourth round, maybe be, you know, that Ryan Griffin type number two tight end that you mentioned, Scott. Not a great day, but maybe, maybe that works out better for the Jets, especially if they want to double down on tight end, but not use a, you know, a second and a third like some people are suggesting. Maybe you can get Cola in the fifth now. We'll have to wait and see. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
couple of interior players that really had a nice showing. Travis Jones, the nose tackle out of UConn. He was an absolute beast on the inside, shedding blockers, two gapping. That true nose tackle at 325 pounds. And then Perry Winfrey, who was the Senior Bowl MVP. And you heard Jordan DeLugo talk about this. You also heard Tyler Fornis talk about this when they did their Senior Bowl practice recaps with me during the week. He was, if not the best player, then the second best player at the practices after Jermaine Johnson. And he was all over the place on Saturday. Had three tackles for a loss and two sacks. As dominant as you're going to get in a game like this, before this game, I was saying there was a good chance he was going to wind up in the first round. I think this may have cemented it. Yeah, I mean, it's cool for me to see a kid from Oklahoma defensively come and be the star of the show really all week. And we saw that be accentuated during game day. Um, Awesome for Winfrey. You have to be happy for him. believe he had two sacks, if I'm not mistaken. He's kind of that undersized tweener. Uh, defensive tackle. I think he's just under 300 pounds, 6'3", 6'4", somewhere in that range. So he's not kind of that guy you just mentioned who's 325 pounds and will put his head over the center and play the nose and two gap. He's great in that system, especially kind of a uh, a 4-3 front where you want your defensive tackles to one gap and penetrate a little bit like the Jets do. I don't anticipate them being in the hunt for him, but I think he can do a similar role to what John Franklin Myers does, maybe pop out for some reps as well. But he had an awesome week, uh, and he's got incredible functional strength. His ability to, to wiggle and, and have that strength through his core and through his upper body I thought was really impressive. And, uh, yeah, it was good to see a guy who had an awesome week of practice put that on the field, and, and he deserved the MVP. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Jermaine Johnson was the edge rusher that we were all looking forward to watching in this game. Unfortunately, he didn't play. Had an injury that caused him to miss the third day of practice. We had thought that he was going to play in the game, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But two edge rushers who did make an impact, Western Kentucky's D'Angelo Malone, a smaller guy, but really played well, had himself a sack, was able to bull rush through some bigger blockers. So he looks like he's going to have his stock rising up after this game. And then the guy that really showed out in this game and throughout the week during practice, Minnesota's Boye Maffei, who I talked about before, who smashed through Charlie Kolar. Three tackles for a loss, two sacks, a forced fumble I think there's a good chance he's going in the first round now, Luke Daniel Jeremiah tweeting out that after reviewing his tape And seeing him live in Mobile throughout practice and in the game He's now convinced that Boye Mafe is a first round talent Doesn't guarantee he's going in the first round But you would think a guy with this kind of talent Who showed out at the Senior Bowl like this Pretty good chance, especially considering the position he plays That he played himself into a first round selection yeah, it's hard to believe that he didn't. You know, you see these athletic kind of freak edges, played at a big school in Washington, uh, at, sorry, Minnesota, and then obviously puts the good tape out there as well. Uh, it's it's hard to see those guys slipping. Edge is such a coveted position. You saw guys like Joe Tryon go late in 2021. So I would be kind of surprised if he didn't fall into the back half of the first round now. Uh, he was fantastic today. The one thing I'll say is uses the same move a lot as a pass rusher coming off that right defensive end spot. You see him go for the two-hand uh, swipe and then try and c- turn around the edge. If he gets engaged and in a physical battle, he often struggles to disengage and win with secondary moves. So that's something to watch. But today he was phenomenal and he didn't need to. So many times he flew past tight ends and edges with that two-hand rip, then bend around the right-hand corner. So it was an impressive day for him. He did his stock. Uh, I really uh, gave it a huge boost and that was good to see. And then speaking about Malone, uh, did have a solid game as well. You talked about a rush where he bull rushed a guy. That was Trevor Penning, a guy that 
has been much talked about during the process and his nasty streak and some of the tape and reps he's put out there. Have a video up on the YouTube channel, so go and check that out. Struggled a little bit today. Didn't surprise me. Uh, struggles with speed to power rushes straight through his chest like we saw Malone put on him. And that's because he plays with wide hands and very upright. So uh, just a little note on Malone and, and Penning. I thought it was interesting that those two were going at it. And it definitely Malone got the better out of a couple of reps against him. Penning did have a pretty solid day otherwise, though. I thought that he solidified himself as somebody that a lot of teams are going to be looking at in that first round area. Like you said, some up and down moments, but overall had a pretty solid week of practice. And then in this game had some nice highlight reel plays. So at 6'6", 330 pounds and a nasty streak, he's somebody that looks like he's going to go some point between spots 10 and 20 most likely. And then Zion Johnson. Luke, we've talked about him a lot. He's my favorite offensive lineman in this draft outside of the guys at the very top, Ika Mekwanu and Evan Neal. And Zion Johnson with all his versatility, guard, tackle, center even a little bit. They had him playing there during the week the Jets coaches just to try him out. He had a great week of practice and then had himself a solid senior bowl game. I hope that he lasts into the early part of the second round so the Jets can snag him. But you have to think that a guy with his well-rounded abilities and positional versatility is highly likely to wind up going in the first round at some point. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm really worried that he and Trey McBride is going to keep rising up boards. He had a great week too. The thing that stands out to me about Zion Johnson on tape, his foot speed, how quick he is out of his stance. If he has to move a guy around the edge, I know he's not playing tackle, but it's still move him around the pocket as a guard on the interior. Uh, his hip flex and hip strength. What I mean by that, once you're engaged, you've got tight hands and that defensive end is bucking like a bull and he's trying to throw you off. The ability to set your base and then have the flexibility in your hips to sustain that and maintain the block. He's fantastic in those situations. So Zion Johnson, had a fantastic week. And then just moving back to Penning for a moment, as you said, had a fairly solid game, was good in most areas. Don't think he's a fit here for the Jets, primarily because he's a right tackle only in my eyes. He doesn't have the mobility. And then if you want to kick him into guard, he's six 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 seven, And that has, you know, some issues if you look at the positions traditionally. But you're right. I think he's going to go in that first round range. I just hope the Jets aren't really interested because I don't think the value is there. I think he'll have to play guard. And that's why if you gave me a choice between those two prospects, I would take Zion Johnson 10 times out of 10, and I'm just hoping he falls to the second round. Luke, let's talk a little bit about running backs. We saw Abram Smith, the running back out of Baylor. As you said to me before we started recording, it felt like every time he touched the ball, he made something happen, had himself a touchdown, certainly helped his stock. And a guy who at running back I think may have helped his stock more than anybody else this week is Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida. Now, you heard quite a bit about Tyler Batty, who had himself a nice week, but I think people sort of knew what he was. He's sort of that Michael Carter light, as Jordan DeLugo said on the show earlier this week. But Pierce had to share the carries at Florida, so you didn't really get to see him show off what he can do as much as I'm sure he would have liked to have been able to do throughout his Florida tenure. But throughout the week, he looked good, had another strong showing in the Senior Bowl, didn't get a ton of carries, but when he did, he ran through tacklers and finished runs. He's somebody that could be on the Jets' radar in day number three if they don't pick a running back early. Yeah, Pierce is a load, too. That guy's like 215, 217 pounds. And that's the great compliment to Michael Carter the Jets should be looking for. They need someone who can carry some of the load between the tackles. 
Uh, it's probably going to give some Jets fans, it, it'll concern them, the fact that he's coming out of Florida and already seeing LaMichael P. Ryan. And, you know, that's obviously going to be helmet scouting for some people. But I think he's a great prospect. A great prospect is a strong word, but he's a guy who can do a role for you. And if you give him a specific role of being a first down back, uh, heavy running between the tackles, still has enough bounce outside, I think he can do a role for you and complement Michael Carter very well if the Jets are looking to do that. But the guy who stole the show for me was Smith, the kid out of Baylor. Um, it just He looked like he had something explosive on every play. He had the swing pass for a touchdown, recorded in the right-hand flat, turned upfield, kind of negated one or two blockers. Didn't have to do a lot. But then there were some runs. There was a second and 10 in the second quarter, I think it was, when he bounced it kind of to his left-hand side. It really congested, muddy interior pocket, but he navigated his way through. Really good vision. Almost looked like Michael Carter with the way he was able to see the hole and understand what he needed to do. Married his feet to that nicely. So that was impressive. Had another run. And later in the quarter, he went to the outside, bounced out and got deep into the red zone. So I thought he had a fantastic day again, but some of these teams that are looking for third and fourth round gems and they want that running back who doesn't have too much tread on his tire, but can do a role for you. I think Pierce is a great example of that. And I think Smith is too. So those are two guys that really stood out for me. Speaking of potential mid-round gems at edge rusher, you've got Tyreek Smith who had himself a nice day. As did Jake Lucchetta, who had a strip sack of Sam Howell, who we're going to talk about in a bit. So there are quite a few edge rushers in this draft. I think there's a pretty sizable gap, though, from the guys who are going to probably wind up in the first round and the guys in the mid-rounds. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the Jets doubled up even, if they have the opportunity to. Maybe they get an edge rusher early and then go and get somebody like Luketa or Tyreek Smith a little bit later on. As we both like to say, Luke, you can never have enough guys who can get to the quarterback. So just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. I thought Tyreek Smith showed really nice bend on his sack, ability to get around the hoop and, and get to the quarterback. And you're right. I mean, a guy like Bryce Huff is a perfect example of a guy you bring in later in the draft or even in undrafted free agency. And he can be that situational pass rusher. He can be your third down guy. Let's say the Jets bring in Thibodeau and they have him on the edge with Carl Lawson. One of them needs a spell. You have a great depth and, and stable of defensive ends and edges to come in and fill that role. Robert Sala loves the rotation, something I was actually a little critical of him in 2021. But he loves to rotate those guys. You saw that in San Francisco as well. So I wouldn't all be surprised if they, even if they landed an edge early in the draft, if they brought in a guy like Tyreek Smith, he definitely flashed. I know some of these uh, senior, you kind of wonder if they haven't reached their peak until their senior season. And, and is that for a reason? Have they actually developed or is it because they're now just the strongest guy? Now he's kind of 6'3", 265. But Overall, I think he's a guy that could go fourth, fifth round and might be worth a shot for the Jets. He could go higher than that. He plays a premium position, but he was someone that definitely impressed me today and flashed a little bit through the week. At wide receiver, three guys stood out to me at one point. Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. He's been getting a lot of buzz. Really good week at practice. He's 6'4", about 210, and he has some really nice speed and ball skills. We saw that in the game. There was one play where Kenny Pickett had him for a touchdown if he would have let him. Instead, he threw a bad pass. Watson was able to dive and make the catch and then get up and get additional yardage. Again, if Pickett would have just let him, it would have been a touchdown, but still a nice play by Watson. Romeo Dubs, who is known mostly as a nine-route guy, had himself a nice catch in traffic, which you like to see. Shows that maybe there's a little bit more to his game than meets the eye. And Jalen Tolbert. If you look on the stat sheet, he didn't have a huge day, 
But there was one play, and we're going to get into Malik Willis in a bit, where Willis had him wide open down the field for what should have been an easy touchdown. Unfortunately, Willis never saw him. But Tolbert, every time was targeted, found a way to come down with the ball, and as I said, was wide open on a deep pass. He's somebody that Jets fans shouldn't sleep on either. Probably goes in the second round, but if he makes it to the third, he could be an interesting target for them. Same thing with Christian Watson if he makes it to the third. Yeah, cool story, Jalen Tolbert as well, because obviously went down to South Alabama and went to high school in Mobile. So a home game, the senior ball was for him. And you're right, he had a wide open touchdown. Malik Willis missed him. But again, you're not looking at the results of these plays. You're looking at how guys are getting open, the process, the routes they're running. And and he's a guy who, again, didn't do his stock any harm this week. Uh, and it has a good size. Again, that outside receiver who can play the X, who can play the Z, six foot three. Uh, so I thought he was pretty impressive. The guy you already mentioned it. I thought Watson was was great all week. Um, the play today, I mean, he won with strength at the line of scrimmage. He beat him with a step and then just the play strength to go straight through the corner. He ended up falling over, but it's because of the imposing figure and that 6'4", 2'10", strength of Watson. Um, then the ability to track back a terrible ball from Kenny Pickett. I know the stats kind of said he played okay today. I didn't really think he did. Um, but I loved the, the ability to get back and, and track it and, and go and make a diving catch at his feet. But the thing that impressed me even more was the fact that he caught that ball, got up and kept going. The corners kind of stopped because the college rules, guys, you got to remember, you hit the ground or receiver, the play's over. It's a senior bowl. They're playing the, the NFL rules, getting them ready for that draft process. Just the wherewithal to make a quick instinctive play to get up, continue, play to the whistle. It's good to see he's a smart kid, had an incredible week. And I think he's a guy who's going to start getting some top 50 buzz pretty soon. Talking quarterbacks, this is an interesting game for it. Malik Willis showed off his legs. He had 54 yards rushing, a couple of first downs, but passing had his issues. Two of four for 11 yards, and as we said, Luke, missed a wide-open Jalen Tolbert, just never saw him downfield, would have been a touchdown. He's the type of player where you can see the physical tools. He had a great week at practice, so that was on display all week as well, but he's going to take a lot of work, so if you're going to take him, and I think somebody probably will in the first round, you've got to do it with the understanding that he's probably not going to be ready to play until year number two, looking at most likely a redshirt season for him, so anybody that takes him has to have a situation where the coach and general manager are both very secure in their jobs. I've mentioned Denver as a possibility. I think that could be somewhere interesting for him. Kenny Pickett, we talked about that bad throw to Watson. Overall, he was okay. Six of six, 89 yards and a touchdown. It was Abram Smith who had the touchdown grab on a check down. It was a 20-yarder. We talked about Smith before, the running back out of Baylor. Pickett had himself a decent week of practice in Mobile as well. I don't think that he lit it up in Mobile, but I think he did enough for teams that liked him already to still like him, so he probably will go in the top 20. Sam Howell had a very up and down game. He had some positive plays bouncing back after a tough strip sack by Boye Mafe. He led a two minute drive using his legs to get out of trouble. But then, of course, later on, he held on to the ball too long and was strip sacked by Jake Lucetta. So it was one of those good play, bad play, good play, bad play. Finished six of nine for 79 yards, ran for 29 yards on five carries, and did end up with a touchdown. So, like I said, a very mixed 
day for him. I still think that if he goes in the first round, it's not going to be till the end of the round. Decent chance he slips in round two. And then Carson Strong. This was really not a great day for Carson Strong. You don't want to be turning the ball over in one of these games when everybody's eyes are on you and you're doing everything you can to stand out from the pack. But he threw an interception and then fumbled on back-to-back series absolute no-no we know the deal with him big arm but I just don't think that he's going to make it to round one unless somebody just really falls in love with that arm strength I think you're probably looking at a second or third round selection so nobody in this game had a great day if you look at the practice week and put that all together Malik Willis probably is going to end up in the first round somebody will take a chance on him just based on his physical ability Pickett did enough to solidify himself as a top 20 pick, but no more. Sam Howell was up and down. Not sure if he's going to go in the first round. And Carson Strong is probably going day two. Yeah, I think if you're a Jets fan who is hoping they're going to trade down from 10, and I'd certainly be okay to fine with that. I think that's a good move. Wasn't a good day for you. The quarterbacks didn't do enough to solidify or improve their draft stuff drastically. Kenny Pickett, we talked about it. The stat line, kind of deceiving. Had the 20 yards swing pass for a touchdown. Had the underthrow to Watson, which ended up going for 25 yards. So there's the majority of his yards. Also held on to the ball when he had a receiver open, ended up in a sack. That was something I saw a lot of. And you mentioned it was Sam Howell holding on to the football, not being decisive, uh, taking sacks. You saw a lot of that during the senior bowl. And I get it because they're playing not in their own offense and they're, they're new verbiage, new receivers, all those kind of things lead to it. But I thought none of them got rid of the ball particularly quickly or particularly decisive either. Malik Willis was okay. Um, but all in all, I just thought uh, they didn't really do enough to improve their stock. Uh, and uh, the draft network put out a, a uh, mock draft this morning and talked about how he thinks three uh, quarterbacks could go in the top nine picks. I just can't see it. And I think today you had pretty much the entirety of the 2022 draft class out there playing the quarterback position and none of them excelled. They looked pretty much like their draft profiles. That's not a great thing. I would be shocked if more than one quarterback went in the top 10. I just don't see it. I think that's bad news for Jets fans if you're hoping to trade down. Last player I wanted to talk about, Luke, is Chad Mumma, the linebacker out of Wyoming. Had himself a really nice week of practice. Had the most tackles in the game on Saturday. 6'3", 242, one of the better off-ball linebackers in this draft. After you get past Devin Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean, Mumma becomes an attractive option. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to climb into the back end of the first round. I just have that feeling about him. He could go in the second round as well, but it feels like the momentum is building for him. And I would not be surprised at all if he ends up getting picked on day one. You know my motto, Scott. My motto is anyone from Wyoming, make sure you don't draft them. I'm going to be critical of him for months. So, uh, in all seriousness, though, very good prospect. Another guy who Jets Twitter and, and outside of that, a lot of Jets fans have really started to fall in love with. That coverage linebacker, kind of think uh, Leighton Vander Esch coming out of Boise State, I believe he went to. That caliber of player, that type of prospect. You saw him actually, I think he ran down Malik Willis today when he got pretty close to scoring a touchdown with his legs uh, early in the game. So, You definitely see those athletic tools, has good size for the position. Uh, Again, did did his draft stock no harm. Um, And I think he's going to go between pick 25 and pick 40. You're going to see someone take him in that range because these linebackers who have side-to-side, sideline-to-sideline range can also play uh, pretty well 
in pass coverage. They're a rare commodity now, so they're going to try and grab these guys, work with them, use their tools, and turn them into three-down linebackers. And I think Chad's one of those dudes, and and uh, I think he's going to go in that range and, and have a pretty successful NFL career. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping the Senior Bowl game with me. Really appreciate it. We've got a lot of great videos up on our YouTube channel. A couple of the guys that were playing in this game or were active participants throughout the week at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. We've got breakdowns of them up on the channel. Talk about those. Talk about what's coming up. And then we've got our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And you know a thing or two about what we've got available for people to purchase up there as well. Yeah, my partner, Alex, she designed uh, all the, the artworks on the T-shirts at the T-Public store. Uh, you've got the Zach Wilson says, go long range with him pointing downfield against Tennessee. Uh, you've got the Zach the Ripper range, bit of a play on words, uh, looking at Zach Wilson and the AFC East. Uh, the bless you, thank you range, Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, a couple of guys who are going to be stalwarts for the Jets over the next couple of years in the defensive line. So some really cool concepts there. On the T-Public store, we've also got Play Like a Jet logo merch. Um, so you can chuck the stickers uh, anywhere on a shirt, hats, jumpers, sweats, anything like that that you want to do with any of our designs, you can do that at T Public. So make sure you check that out. Links on Scott's description at Play Like a Jet One. Uh, and then as far as the YouTube channel, we've got so many good things coming. Uh, we already kind of mentioned in this video, the Jermaine Johnson video, breaking down his Pro Bowl reps. Uh, sorry, Pro Bowl, Senior Bowl reps. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Trevor Penning, probably a bit of a different take than most people are expecting, looking at some of the negatives of those uh, snaps at uh, the senior bowl. And then also how that translates to the jets offense. I've got a fixing the jets in 10 minutes off season preview. And what I would do if I were the GM of the Jets, So you can find that in the next 24 hours up on the YouTube channel, there'll be breakdowns on a whole lot more players. There's going to be Garrett Wilson, um, a couple more of the edge rushes, uh, probably Thibodeau coming in the next week or two as well. So tons of content, Play Like a Jet on YouTube. Make sure you search it, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, all that stuff. And, uh, and make sure you check out the store at Public. Make sure that you check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And watch our videos on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. 
Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.